What is up, everybody? Welcome to Hypothetical Comedy Podcast. My name is Funky Sam Medina. And I am Athena Rodriguez. And we are here today with a New York comedian, Angela. How are you doing, Angela? Woo! I'm good. Thanks for having me. Hell yeah. Thank you for being here. Uh, how's, uh, how's life in New York been treating you since you've been back? Yeah. <laughs> Pretty good. It was really hot today. Oh, my gosh. Can't complain. I don't, think that's, I don't think that's exclusive to New York. We had a heat wave here. It's been insane. It was actually a really cold month. Like it was a really oh cold goodness. month of June. It was like normally, as from what I can remember, because I haven't lived here in almost ten years. Uh, but I can remember it was always like hot in June, and then all of a sudden it's like fifty degrees. Oh, wow! I probably shouldn't be bragging about that. <laughs> Sounds so nice. I know, right? We're over here <laughs> dying of heat, heat exhaustion. Uh, but that's Don't okay. That's okay. Enjoy your 50 degree weather. Oh, it wasn't that today, though. Oh, it was okay. 90 degrees and humid and horrible, and it will probably be that way the rest of the summer, I'm sure. <laughs> ouch, ouch. Well, that's fun. That's fun. Um, so how has it been being back? Like, have you been getting on shows? Have you been doing that kind of, like, going out and doing comedy? You've only been back for, like, a, what, a week or two? No, about a month. <laughs> okay. How's that been going? Um, I really haven't had time. I feel like a bad comedian. I really haven't had time to go out and do stuff just because things are on so late, but I'm familiar with the scene here. So I'm hoping to get back on and doing shows soon. Um, I'm also in the process of planning another tour, but that's probably going to be pushed back mm. to later fall just because... I'm in between job hunting right now and also gas prices are outrageous oh and, yes. and like the funding for it because I self-funded my tour last year. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, so it's like, I, I really want to get back on stage again because I really miss it. Like I love the zoom comedy. Don't get me wrong. But, uh, at some point you're just kind of like, I can only perform in front of a screen. Yeah. <laughs> <Totally>. <laughs> and see my reflection looking back at me <laughs> the whole entire time. It's like my reflection is getting sick of me practicing these jokes. So <laughs> once things settle down a bit and I have a little bit more of a steady income that I can think about going on shows and going on stage again. But I hope hopefully it will happen soon. So anybody yeah, who's in my area, definitely. You want to reach out to me about that? Oh yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, us too. I mean, we haven't been doing a lot of comedy lately. We kind of going here and there, doing some shows and stuff, but not a super lot. So definitely understand on that mm-hmm. one. Yeah. And it's hard with like working full time and everything. Just yeah, yeah it is. and gas prices, like you said, it's like, do I really want to go anywhere? <laughs> <laughs> go back to riding bikes all the time. <laughs> yeah, good luck with that. Um, so you mentioned your tour that you did. Uh, tell us about the baby tour, how that went, yeah. how that was. and <laughs> Oh, it was awesome, but it was definitely a lot of work, as I'm sure you guys remember, because yeah. um, it's like one of those things where you were still working full time and having to cram it in over the weekends. And I was like looking back on photos of it last year and I'm just like, what happened to me? Like I was doing all of that last year and now I'm just like. Oh, I have to put this off. But going back to last year's experience, it was uh, something I needed to do to get out of the house because like we were all, you know, being trapped in the house for so long and 
I was just like, I can't have another supper like that. So that's why that came about. Um, it was kind of a way to like meet all of the zoo comedians that I had met. So yeah. um, it'd be like, oh, what if I do all these shows and like book them all? And it sounded like a great idea at first. And then you realize <laughs> yeah. like halfway between, you're like, what did I get myself into? <laughs> this is insane <laughs> and you're just driving all the time and thankfully we didn't have the gas price issues like we do yeah, now yeah definitely oh Absolutely. my goodness i'm so thankful i did that last year because how many, uh, how many places did you hit i did how many places did i hit i should have known this answer I already like it was a lot <laughs> I think it was being... like 10 maybe there was oh no it was not that much sham you're giving me too much credit well, i guess I, uh, I guess I, <laughs> unless if you count like if i you know did the spontaneous like one lighter joke when i was like out and about <laughs> at the grocery store <laughs> i, like I told counts. a joke at a gas station and that counts as a show <laughs> <laughs> i agree do you have a do you have any like super like a uh, funny story or anything like crazy that happened to you yeah. during that time frame Oh, um, there's a couple, but like, uh, one of my favorite ones is, uh, I, I don't know if you remember me posting about this, but I did two shows in Pittsburgh last year and, um, I used to live there for a bit. Um, and I kind of like went back and saw some of my old friends and on one of the days I was just kind of like, you know, walking around downtown and I'm just like taking it all in kind of like my old Angela days, like back when I was in my early twenties and I thought it was still cool and <laughs> I'm just old and not cool anymore, apparently. Um, and one of my favorite parts about touring was like, you just go around and you meet so many different people and I'll never forget this after one of my Pittsburgh shows when I was just walking around and I came across this girl who was wearing like this silk robe with all this bling on the back and I was like oh these are my people because you know I love <laughs> you know I love redstones and she's like wearing these fuzzy sandals and I'm very curious as to why she's just walking around and there's somebody with her wearing a suit. And they like have an iPad. I'm like, you know, and I'm not being stalkerish, but sometimes when you come across people like that, you kind of want to know where the story is. <laughs> Keep in mind, I'm familiar with this area, but they look super confused like they were lost. And I'm like, I get to not be a creep, but I just think that they're lost. And I just kind of like heard them talking. It's like, oh, well, we're looking. We don't know where this street is, blah, 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 blah. And I said, hey, if you don't mind, I'm actually going that direction. Do you want me to show you where you're going to, to find out they're looking at uh, for a steak restaurant? So <laughs> <laughs> they're like, do you know where the steak restaurant is? And it's like, well, I'm a vegan, so I don't know if it's a good one or not. That's the first question, wrong question to ask me. Do you know if this is a good one? And I'm just like, I don't, I'm sure it's great because it's in a very expensive part of town. So I'm sure it's going to be great. <laughs> so uh, anyways, they trusted me enough to let me show them where it was, even though I made that awkward intro, which is what I do is make awkward intros like that. We're walking over and I'm talking to them and uh, come to find out there was this big women's bodybuilding convention going on at the same time. Like the girls oh. wearing the bikinis and like 
posing and she was like a big deal and they're like why are you attended and I'm like I'm the stand-up comedian and I'm on tour and I'm like oh that was like the stupidest thing you could have said (laughs) (laughs) people will be like because you always get compared to somebody they're like are you like Amy Schumer or are you like they're like oh that's so cool I've never met somebody like that and I gave them like all my social handles and whatever and uh, we were just chatting we get to the steak restaurant and I was like, Oh, well, here's your restaurant. And I was going to go get, I went off to get some vegan food. She's like, Hey, wait, I want a picture with you. And I do have a photo with her to this day. Oh. And it went up on my page and I tagged her in and I was like, so today on tour, I met a, a bodybuilder. And that was like my most liked photo on tour. And I'm pretty sure it was because of me, not because of the very fit <laughs> female bodybuilder that's oh in the photo God. with me. But yeah, wow. you could if you guys follow me, that if you go back like a year, you can find that. But that was like one of my favorite stories. Um if you want to talk about performing when I was <laughs> doing a I'm show like all Africa. ready to go look right now. <laughs> Put your phone down. I know. Right? Get on Facebook. Be liking stuff from a year ago. But they like were so nice. <laughs> they were so nice and were so appreciative. And they're like, oh, we've got to follow you and we want to see you on tour and everything. I'm like, look, here are my tour dates if you have to. I I know that they're like, if like I ever make it big and wouldn't it be funny if I like have a Netflix special and she's like in the front row. (laughs) (laughs) You'll notice by her fluffy. She'll be flexing. Where? Flexing in the audience. I thought about it though because like I was trying to look it up because like you try to look up like different gigs and stuff and I was like I wonder if at these conventions if they have downtime and there are people that come in and do entertainment like that's smart <laughs> well, they probably do. I mean, yeah because don't they have to like maybe change the set somehow bodybuilding but I'm sure they do on some conventions yeah absolutely you could have like me and then Paul could come over and make uh, yeah, balloon animals <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> You're like, what's up, everybody? It smells like suntan lotion here. <laughs> he could be like, he could pull out his magic wand in the slim gym and they could offend everybody. <laughs> People get offended by that. No, I'm just kidding. Because they're bodybuilders. They wouldn't touch a slim gym. They would be tempted. They're like, oh, I must. I'm just getting to a more comfortable part. Like my chair is really uncomfortable. Uh don't mind me. I'm sitting on the floor, but we're not filming this. So um okay. hold on. This is such a hot mess right here that are going to listen to this are going to be like what the heck who is this person uh talking about <laughs> meeting bodybuilders um uh and uh there was also another moment this is a little more funny but uh i went to one of my old favorite spots like i'm going to be talking about pittsburgh a lot just because i live there and i did two yeah. shows there but one of my favorite spots is uh, i don't know if anybody else knows this but you know mr rogers is from that area okay. and <laughs> I didn't know and one of the Mr. Rogers. Yeah, there's this huge memorial statue of him next to uh, Steelers Stadium. Oh wow! And last summer, yeah, huge statue. And there's a photo of me next to the statue as well. Uh, <laughs> so, <laughs> just just like it's like instead of where's Waldo, where's Angela, and you see like it's like somebody mentions something in Pittsburgh, <laughs> most likely there is a photo of me in front of it. And. Even before this whole trip, like I lived there for four years. So people are like, oh, there's this famous blah, blah, blah thing in Pittsburgh. I'm like, 
yeah, I live there. I saw <laughs> I, or I drove by it every day. I'm like, it's nothing that special. It's like a stone slab in the middle of a busy intersection and I saw it all the time when I was stuck in traffic. There's nothing that's special about it. <laughs> I like the idea of someone trying to be a tour guide for you and you're like, no, I know all the spots. Look, I used to live there. That guy was my roommate for three years. <laughs> I always joked about it because like a couple of people that I met on tour, they were like, oh, Pittsburgh, I've always wanted to go. I'm like, don't no, you spend don't. your money <laughs> no, you uh, <laughs> on the tourist stuff. Just let me know when you're going to be in town. I will give you the Angela tour because Ooh. the Angela tour is way better <laughs> because first of all, it's free. And <laughs> who wouldn't want a tour given by me? Oh, I did sure. give an Angela tour of my hometown when uh i was back here doing a show last summer <laughs> to one of the other comedians and i won't say who it was but we had a great time and we ran into some interesting people while we were doing it like you know there's always some like there's <laughs> another great tour story we're just like going around downtown where i grew up with this is like really nice area and then we got accosted by some guy who was like high out of his mind just <laughs> oh, oh okay that's fine and i'm doing the angela tour like oh this is like this historic park and <laughs> no more like angela tour like... what's in this dark alley Right. <laughs> They're like, is this part of the tour? <laughs> Why are we in a van and tied up? Is this part of the tour? I think it's funny you ask, like, oh, talk about like like how you produce your comedy tour. Well, there's always gonna be somebody getting the Angela tour of some place. This is how it works, and this is how I weed out who are going to be like a long-term. <laughs> so by the Mr. Rogers statue, I was just like sitting there and there's like I was journaling because I was going through a lot at the time. Like everybody knows my sad backstory. We don't need to really talk about my origin story here. But if you haven't heard my origin story, and if this is your first time being introduced to me, um, I went through a tragic loss two years ago. Uh, that was when I had lost my life partner. Um, and uh, I was a year bereaved at this point, a little over a year bereaved. Um, and uh no need for condolences right now. There's been plenty of that over the past couple of years. Um, but anyways, I was sitting there and I was like kind of going around the different spots that I promised I was going to take him. That was part of the trip and part of the tour. Yeah. Um, and I'm just sitting by the Mr. Rogers statue and I'm writing in this little journal. And uh, do you ever notice that you sometimes, this is where it's going to get a little spiritual. Sometimes you make a connection with somebody and you don't even have to say anything to them. You just yeah. make a connection with people. Mm -hmm. And um, <laughs> this is another great story. There was just <laughs> um, these people riding bicycles around because there was this like little bicycle tour going on. And uh, there was like little maps people had so they could like ride around Pittsburgh and they like checked off on their map, like little landmarks that they saw. <laughs> Um, I didn't make that tour map, by it's, the way. It's like um, a safer tour. <laughs> that's that's the um what the, the easy tour. <laughs> and, yeah, and also much more like a physical activity because you have to bike <laughs> right around. And I, there was like a lot of bikers that day. And it must have been because like I remember like a lot of people were biking around and then like the Mr. Rogers statue must have been like the very final thing for people to 
um, fine because they were like checking it off on their little maps and oh. they're like taking selfies in front of it. <laughs> like I completed the tour. Now we're going to go and get a big burger at the pub that's across the street and, you know, replenish all those calories we worked off. We're, I'm really long-winded with how I tell stories and I don't like, like it. but, but this is a great one because I wrote about it in my journal. And if the individual who saw me that day um like I just uh guy comes over who's on a bicycle and he was doing a bicycle photo shoot which was funny enough to witness like he's got his little bike shorts on he's posing on his (laughs) bike he had a water bottle he's like squirting it on himself (laughs) like getting photos taken and I'm trying not to crack up and I really wanted to like I, I didn't do TikTok yet, but if I did, I was like, oh my gosh, this guy's like getting a bicycle photo shoot. And I knew the harsh reality is this individual was probably paying a lot of money for these photos. And I'm just sitting there laughing because I didn't see the photographer at first. I thought this guy was just like showing off. I'm like, who is he showing <laughs> off to? Like, I mean, and there could be people like that. It's like, if you are that fit. <laughs> And you're biking around, you want people to look at you. Maybe he was making a TikTok. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, um, it could have been a TikTok <laughs> how to pose on a bicycle to make it look like you're actually athletic when you're not. Could have been a thing. Mm-hmm. But I look over and I see there's a photographer and he's got like the big equipment on him wow. and the big fancy camera. And he's like crouching down and like doing all the angles. <laughs> And I made eye contact with the photographer and I thought that is a really handsome man. And he was a very handsome man. He kind of looked like, you know, kind of, I guess you would say like a hipster, but he was also buff, long hair. And uh, I made eye contact with him. I'm like, now that is a handsome man. And we had a connection, but we didn't speak anything to to each other. So I moved on. Uh, to the next spot that I wanted to go to and I went and got lunch at a place and there was bike man with the photographer and I made eye contact with the photographer again and I was just like we have a connection and um (laughs) there's this really famous fountain downtown and that's where I used to go and hang out like back when I still lived there and I was just sitting there writing in my journal I was kind of feeling sad at the time I was just like oh this really stinks I have to like do all these this like stuff by myself I have to do this tour alone and bike guy comes over and that's when I saw him like spraying all the water on him with the water bottle and I just started cracking up again and that's when I made eye contact with the photographer I'm like this man is my soulmate I don't know what his name is we didn't speak words to each other but we made a connection that day and I, I he probably is like, who is this jerk that's laughing at my client? Or maybe he's thinking like, yeah, my client's ridiculous, but you know what? He's paying me a lot of money for these photos. I really want to do a set about it, but I know like if I ever go back to that city, there will be somebody in the crowd be like, hey, that was me. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh, that's I a great the- story. So those were two of them. And then, of course, like in New York, like I make jokes about it. Like we had some great experiences with some people. Like I had great experience with the comedians. Like when you walk down and you get accosted by the guy who was high out of his <laughs> mind downtown. <laughs> I think the best part of uh, 
hanging out with comedians besides being at a venue is that you get to experience each other's like weird day like together because a lot of weird shit happens to people and they totally bypass it. But when there's somebody there with you to witness that you guys are looking at each other, like, what the hell is this? Why is this happening? Yeah. Yeah, definitely. And to answer your question, it was six cities I went to. I had six oh, nice. Stops. Wow. That's amazing. Six cities. That's awesome. It sounds more impressive than it really was. But. <laughs> yeah. And unless they're but all next to each other. <laughs> what was that? It's unless they're all next to each other, but I'm sure they were spread out a little bit. <laughs> um, They were, I had some back-to-back shows. Like I had to go from Pittsburgh to Akron, which was Akron, Ohio, which was like a two and a half hour drive so I had a show in Pittsburgh one night and then had to go to Akron Ohio the next day so it was a lot of that yeah that's pretty exciting though it's uh living on the land making the best out of science (laughs) (laughs) and it was always a risk because it's kind of like if you did it like Pittsburgh I was familiar with the people these were people I had performed with before but it's always kind of like you could walk into a venue that's a dub you could show up and there's like two people in the audience yeah uh, there could be comedians bailing on you it's a whole real stressful thing like yeah. <laughs> at some point we want to do the same thing but yeah those are like concerns we have with possibly going on tour and and creating like uh booked venues and having other people in the mix yeah definitely. my i can talk about this a year later now but since we're talking about this subject is i'm not going to call anybody out but the people who did it you know who you are giving you the look of shame right now it's pretty impressive you guys if you could see it oh man i'm it's shameful shaking in my boots the look of shame is for people who not the people that like i'm not mad at anybody but a couple of individuals who <laughs> We're supposed to be an individual who was supposed to be my opener. Okay. And I knew blew off the show. <laughs> it's only one let everyone know. Her eyebrows went up when she did that look. So you know. And her nostrils flare. She means business. Did those nostrils flare. <laughs> <laughs> That's my thing though. is you were uh you're able to plan like a like a little tour, like the baby tour, you know, like you called it. Uh, on your yeah. own, you know, without like yeah. manager and without like knowing the venues ahead of time. It was insane. So it was definitely DIY at its best. I, uh, yeah, but what I was going to say, yeah, I just, I didn't mean to get on that tangent there. It was only <laughs> an issue with one person out of all the shows. I only had an issue with one person the entire time and they know who they are. Um, not going to say who, <laughs> but all I was going to say is, the New York show almost didn't happen. Like, that's a stressful thing. And I planned this, like, down to the wire. I was down to the wire with my venue for my New York show the day of the show. I had people coming in from out of town. I had people who were already in town. I'm picking people up from train stations and bus stations. And I'm just like, what if this doesn't go through? We don't have a show. Like I thought we were going to be performing like in a street somewhere. Oh, wow. But it's just like, 
when you really think like whatever you think it's like if things are meant to happen they really do happen because I had two venues cancel on me because COVID regulations were still super strict and apparently like people would be like oh yeah you can do this and then management's like no we're not doing that I had a venue that said yeah we're all for this we want to get people back in we want to get people back in and doing shows and then they're like we don't do comedy here and uh (laughs) and I was like well that's a punch to the gut um and then I remember just spending a day like if you if anybody here wants to do what I did the only person that you are going to have in your corner is yourself and you have to believe in yourself because I could have said right there I'm like well this final stop isn't going to happen. I've only embarrassed myself by announcing it. And I've only embarrassed myself by booking the show on uh, with other people who are coming out of state who are really excited to perform in New York. But I was like, I'm not going to let them down and I'm going to make this work. And I was just calling out to all these different venues. And the very last one on my list, I called and I got the manager on the phone. I said, hey, and you always want to open it by pitching an idea like, this is what I want to do. I can do this for you. And it was like mind blowing experience. It was um, the venue I got was amazing. They said, we've been trying to get comedy back here ever since things reopened after COVID. And I was like, are you kidding me? And they're like, well, what can you bring? I'm like, I've got people coming from New York city. I have a comedian from Jersey. I have a comedian from Philadelphia. Um, We have people coming from all over to do this. I'm headlining. I was coming in from Ohio, but I'm like, Hey, I grew up here. Do your girl a favor. (laughs) And I say, but you always want to pitch it. Like, this is what I could do for you. And I had it set that like, you know, you always want to think of things kind of like a business transaction. And it's like, um, I can do this for you. You have your people coming in and we're going to put on a show. And um, they got their like max capacity of people approved. Like you have to go through these state regulations and stuff Mm -hmm. the day of my show. Oh my gosh. It was down to the wire. Oh and I was just like, I'm still going to push through and do this. And if they, if we show up and they say, oh, this didn't get approved, we will perform outside on the sidewalk because we're still going to do something. And I mean, I'm not going to waste my comedian's time. Wow. A lot of people don't realize the comedians who were on the show with me, like two of the comedians, like bless their hearts. Like they, they were amazing. And they knew what was going on because I was like, okay, here's the deal. I didn't find this out until recently. This, this, and this person couldn't make it. And like, besides the one person I had issues with everybody else, I didn't have a problem with. It was just like the perfect storm. So it's like, somebody's like, this emergency came up. I can't come. So it's kind of like, okay, we'll get somebody else then. Oh no, I can't come. And it's just the nature of what happens. You deal with it all the time. And you're like, roll with the punches. And I'm like, okay. And I'm like, all right, here's what's going on. This is a new person who's on the show and it ended up being a great time. It was the first show that the venue had ever since COVID and we got comedy going again at that venue. And it was all my final show on tour and having all these out-of-state comedians. It was awesome. Everyone had a great time. There were a lot of laughs. I have my set recorded from that night. And actually, I need to go back there to perform again. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, actually, 
you should maybe talk to that place and see yeah. do a regular thing there now that now that you're back in New York. Yeah, I know they have a regular like open mic going on. Okay, okay. Um, so if I come back and I'll just be like, hey, remember what I did for you guys? <laughs> <laughs> remember I got comedy going here again. <laughs> so after your uh your baby tour. Um, did you notice like a significant change in the confidence that you had? Yeah, because again, this was like my first big project after my loss Mm -hmm. and, um, it was kind of like, uh, like, how do I want to put this? Like I had to prove that I was going to be okay doing it without him being there. And I had to remind myself that I've done this without him being there, but he was a lot better at the marketing and producing and everything than I ever would have been. But it's one of those things, like it was really easy to wallow and think I wasn't going to be good at it. But I realized after doing all of that and everything that I survived through last summer, I'm like, I was really proving this to myself. And I was like, oh, I'm doing it in memory of him and everything. And that was all good and whatever. Mm -hmm. But I'm like, I just did this whole thing to prove to myself that I could do this. And I said that to a close friend who also was a mutual friend of ours. And I was like, I think that's why I did it. And she was like, yeah, I knew that all along. She's like, I hope you were going to figure that out. Like, <laughs> yeah, you can handle it. Because there was a lot of doubt throughout it. I will admit it. There were days where like, even like the day before shows where you would just be like, oh my gosh, should I even do this? But if nobody shows up, it's like, well, I better get my butt to these shows because I spent all this time driving out and advertising and marketing. And I ultimately don't want to let the producers down or the other comics Mm -hmm. down or other people that are coming down. And um, if people are going to come to see you headline, they're not going to think like, oh, well, Angela just decided not to show up today. Well, that's great. (laughs) (laughs) Bougie Angela. Or it could be people that never even heard of you or just happened to hear you that one time and you could have gained a whole new fan base. It's Mm -hmm. part of that whole thing. So it kind of gave me the boost that I know I can do this. I've done it once before. I know I can do it again. I know the amount of work that goes into it. I think it makes you a better coach for other people. Um, going through something like this that is not easy doing it I highly recommend not doing it by yourself <laughs> with no straws to grasp at because this was all based off previous producing experience and also self-funding it you have to make sure you have the funds I've seen people attempt tours with no idea whatsoever and you can't go into anything without a plan You always have to plan everything out um, or else it is going to fail and you need to do it months in advance. Don't try to, don't try to put anything together within like a month's notice because you have to, a lot of times places are backed up. You need to do marketing. You need to call out to these places and see what they're doing and think a lot of it like, like it gave me a lot of confidence, like even with what I'm doing now, because right now with going through like changing careers and interviewing for jobs, I'm just like, I basically did a lot of this last summer because a lot of times when you were calling out to venues and saying like, Hey, I want to do this show, blah, blah, blah. I can do this for you. You're doing a sales pitch the whole time. I'm like, I've been doing this nonstop. Like, why am I concerned about what I'm going through right now? (laughs) So it makes you confident more as a performer, but also it really helps your confidence and help my confidence and 
my personal life just with what like I was going through with changes and also making that change with realizing that I knew I was ready to move I knew I needed to get back to New York I knew I needed to do what I needed to do to really ultimately pursue this dream which I mean it's only been like a month I have to be easy on myself but I know that it's something that I really want to do long term and I was just like why am I still stuck out in the Midwest like this is so (laughs) stupid so it really gave me that confidence boost to want to be producing more often and also giving other people the opportunity and maybe down the road coaching people if they ever wanted to do this so yeah that was a big accomplishment but yeah that was great yeah definitely that's great that is a big accomplishment that's awesome that's awesome and uh another thing is uh you do a lot of crafting yeah you incorporated crafting into comedy uh with your show crafts and laughs how did you come up with that and how's that been going for you and she loves it it's I've been trying to expand it for a while now. Um, I still think so. If anybody's not familiar with it, Crafts and Laughs is my creation, which basically is a combination of uh, comedy and crafting. And I was realizing that I've always loved crafting. I've been doing it my whole life. And I think it's a very therapeutic outlook, not outlook, therapeutic outlet (laughs) is what I want to say not outlook outlet I highly recommend you've been doing too much emailing Angela (laughs) that's that's I have been yeah it's called (laughs) submitting job applications all day and I'm just looking at my emails wait for that job offer but I realized like um that in addition to people who are performers there's a lot of creative people that I met And I'm like, why don't people really have a platform to showcase this off? Because I think sometimes people get in their heads, like if you're a singer, you're a singer. That's what you do. And there's nothing else distinguishable to Mm -hmm. their personality. Or you're a musician. That's what you do. Air comedian, you tell jokes. And like, they've just put these people in bland, like, one word boxes like that's what describes them and a lot of people do have creative outlets and there are so many different types of art there's so many different types of crafting and originally how it started was it was um originally going to be a one-man show when I was planning and it was just going to be me I then crochets that I was just going to tell some jokes throughout a show and show off what I had for sale and take breaks and be like I have this for sale and blah 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 and it was actually an idea my late partner gave to me when we were originally going to do a show in New York City that we were going to call it (laughs) Angela's it was a really boring name it was just going to be like Angela's uh, comedy craft fair and I was like, why would it be a comedy craft fair? And the reason why it was going to be called the comedy craft fair was because I've always wanted to produce my own craft fair. I still want to do that at some point. And, uh, but it's a lot of work. You have to like, there's all these like regulations and tax laws and everything, but I'll be able to do that. That's just all busy paperwork, but it's still a dream of mine to do that within the next couple of years. Um, and 
<laughs> and I remember talking to Turtle Dad. That's who I'd call him. And I was like, why is it called Comedy Craft Fair? And he's like, well, because I'm going to be there. And I originally, <laughs> the idea was there's a craft fair. There's like a show going on while people are shopping was the idea. And I had a lot of friends who are artists. And, I, and it's like, there could be people doing poetry readings. There could be people doing music there could be people doing stand-up would just would have been him I'm like and I'm like okay I guess we can call it that um but I really pushed him on that idea because I was like oh that's actually brilliant because you think about it like you could have a bunch of artists come in and show off their art and there could be a show going on at the same time there's really nothing that's been like that and that's ultimately what I want to do if I bring this into life in person um, and, uh, I was just like, but you're really talented. And I pushed him to that. And I was like, why don't you have your stuff out there? He's like, I don't think anybody would want to see it, but he's in pottery. He did photography. I'm like, you have some really good photography out there. You could do prints, like people buy prints. Um, and, uh, he like took photography classes and stuff. I'm like, why don't you do this? And it's like, I mean, I'll have my stuff there, but like, it could be like a gallery. People could buy your stuff and sure you could go on stage and do a set if you want to, uh, we'll just put you towards the end once the kids are out. So, uh, it's either that or you're doing <laughs> clean humor and he despised doing clean humor. Uh, I don't know why I thought his clean humor <laughs> was very funny. Um, but uh, that was the original idea for it. And so Crafts and Laughs came about when I was very lonely during COVID. And um, I was just like, well, I did the one man show. And it was before I really started meeting other comedians through the power of Zoom for hypothetical comedy when Ooh. I started joining. <laughs> and I once I started getting a following, I um, had put a post out and I was just like, hey, I don't know. I thought nobody was going to respond to it. Just thinking like, oh, that show is fun, but it would be really fun if I had guests on the show. So that's when I got the courage to put out a post. I'd be like, hey, if anybody's an artist, you have crafts to share. I'm looking to have some guests come on the show Mm -hmm. and uh, just message me. that's what I remember Sam messaged me and you were like, well, I don't craft, but Athena does. <laughs> yeah, I craft macaroni and cheese. I would love to have an episode where somebody just does that, just does noodle art. Like, oh, like oh, that would be great. If there's a noodle artist out there, I have seen some people who do really elaborate things. <laughs> and you could do great macaroni art. art if you paint the macaroni and arrange it correctly. Oh, yeah. Right. Yeah. And like I've seen ones where people do it and it like looks like mosaics. And like like you said, they paint it and it's they do like different shapes of pasta. And uh I think that's just a way that people are kind of preparing for the next like apocalypse. It's just like it's really <laughs> art, but they could just tear it off their wall and, and it could it become, <laughs> right. boil it. Boil it. It's all purple. <laughs> just make sure there's no lead paint on it. <laughs> Soak it in paint thinner overnight and then boil it. That would be an interesting way how people stock up for food, or like, you know, you just pull out all those macaroni necklaces, you know. Hopefully your mom saved all those macaroni necklaces you made for Mother's Day or whatever. (laughs) 
I am getting sidetracked again, but yeah. So anyways, people started reaching out. I started booking people. And within two weeks, I had an entire year booked because I just do one show a month. And I was like, oh, I didn't think that there were that. I knew there were talented people, but like not that many. And every month had a theme. Um, and Great. I was like, and then people started messaging me like, I want to be on your show. And I'm like, you're going to have to wait till 2022. <laughs> <laughs> I get you in 17 months. You're good. It's a good problem. It's a good problem. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I, I've already like got people booked out to 2023 with the show. Whoa. And I'm just Congrats. like, it just fills up so quickly and um not everybody has to be a crafter I'll, I'll take funny people because if there's not a crafter on it i provide the crafts but the majority of people are i try to give our artists uh presidents over but i also like to give other funny people a platform i have had people who uh don't have any comedy background who are on the show who are just really talented i've had anywhere from people who uh do this full time there are i've had working moms on the show i've had people just starting people who do it as a hobby people who um you know kind of do things on the side or uh just wanted to show off stuff that they've already made and not even show off or even people that don't have it necessarily as a business, like they have it as a business. Great. And then we can like promote it, but I just wanted to give it as a platform and I wanted to show other people. The purpose of it is to show that um, it doesn't matter if you're a funny person or whatever your like main talent is, or even if you're just a civilian, if you don't like to be a performer, but just to give the a platform to other people Mm -hmm. to show that there are different types of art out there and there are different types of people who are interested in that there might be some people who really don't open up about their art or don't even open up about that it's a therapeutic thing and I just think that that was the point of it to showcase as many different people and many different individualities as possible mm -hmm. so that's uh like I remember uh the episode with Athena oh um, I couldn't get my camera to <laughs> And my camera was sideways and I was like this the whole time. I was not going to say anything <laughs> about that. I thought it was great. That, that was so funny because like, I remember I'd had a bigger show before that and I was really nervous for that show. And then once I got onto my own show that I produced, I'm like, okay, now I can take a breather and I can relax. And I was like eating dinner throughout that show. I'm like, this was a whole hot mess, but it's so <laughs> funny. You and I were, I just remember we were cracking up yeah the entire time and but we talked about art and the importance of it you mm -hmm. showed off some of your pieces and we just talked you know about how that was really a healing thing in your life and still continues yeah. to be um and that's like how it is be with my crochet and its stuff and uh everybody can say that um anybody who's been on the show I always make a handmade gift for everybody that I sent to them now it. everybody's got to Everybody will want to get on the show just for the free gifts, I'm sure. But <laughs> <laughs> that's my way of paying people. But it's just like, um, yeah, that that's that's really was the point of it. And that was like the brainchild where it came from. Hopefully, this could be like a live thing down the road. Like, hopefully, that would be yeah. super like that would be super awesome. Yeah, because there's so really cool. not anything like that out there, and it's no. just like trying to change it to something that's different to make people want to come out to shows and might see something different because anybody can think like oh it's a comedy show you sit there and you're expected to laugh mm -hmm. but I'm like what if there are people that go along 
and um kind of think of it like it's no different than if people have like merch or stuff mm-hmm. yeah. yeah but anybody can make a t-shirt or something even though i do like the hella jokes shirt like <laughs> she designed it she designed it yeah i love it i, I do like it. that shirt I have to find it after I packed. It's like a lot of my stuff is still packed. I'm not. I am not kidding. I'm still kind of living out of a suitcase at this point. It's like unpacking. What is that? So right. Because you know, if I unpack anything, that's what I'm going to get the opportunity to like go on tour for a month and then I have to put everything. Oh, I got to pack now. Then I'll have to put everything in a suitcase again, and it's really stupid. And why do I want to put myself through that? So, was there something that you saw on the craft show, your craft show? And then I do want to also say, you're right. There's not a lot of showcasing for crafts out there. Mm. Um, no. Was there something on your show that you saw a craft that like blew your mind? Um, I see a lot of stuff that's blown my mind, <laughs> and it's it's gonna sound corny, but it's a lot of stuff that's been on each each person i've had has blown me away in some way shape or form i will say like um athena you were probably one of my favorite guests like especially like with your artwork that like really was incredible seeing your artwork like all your but like your just like your freehand paintings i'm just like like i remember your glow in the dark paintings i thought those were so cool um I also had everybody knows who Ian is at this point. He's more popular yeah. than me. He was a nobody when I started, and like, okay. <laughs> and, and everybody loves him. It's like I do. It's like when is Ian gonna come back on a live stream again? I'm like, I don't know. Like, <laughs> it's, oh, people ask it's you like, that. Yeah, yeah. It's like, but oh, that like, Ian. I'm sorry. I thought you meant the, the other Ian. No, no, Ian. That I do. Uh, we have also the mystery unboxing. Show. Yeah, I remember. Yeah. I remember the unboxing seen. you did. I remember that. Yes, and I then was we did Ian, a different Ian. <laughs> when is there another Ian? Like, I, <laughs> there's, there's too many Ians. One, all right, there's only one that matters, and uh, he's. I, I would. I would love to make him like the vice president of crafting comedy career. Like when we expand wow, and get bigger. Nice. Um, but he'll probably be like, no, I want my own thing. Um, but, <laughs> but when he started out, he just had his like tiny little business and was making his little polymer clay, clay yeah. creatures that are called ukaloos. So um, go check it out. But I remember I one of my favorite screen grabs was there's a photo of me just making this shocked face that's like got around a few <laughs> times. And it was because he had an ukaloo that like wasn't just a sculpture but you could unscrew the head off and there was like a little container inside of it oh, and I like wow. made this big surprise place because I just wasn't expecting him to like pop the head off one of the sculptures and I was just <laughs> like that was startling but also it was just so cool um and just uh what I love the most like dude it's not art that blows me away it's more like hearing people's story about it. Like I always like to ask, like, what's your inspiration for your art? What's your inspiration for doing this? Or why did you even want to start doing it? Because you could, people have different interests for different crafts, like Mm -hmm. how I do the crocheting and knitting, but some people really like, I I had a uh, embroidery artist once and I have 
no patience for it whatsoever, but I appreciate the heck out of it when I can see somebody else doing cross stitch or embroidery because it's so pretty. It's so dainty. And I do not have the patience to count all those tiny little squares to make something. (laughs) And I love talking to other people who do it, but I will not do it because I'm just like, that is just way. No, that is too much, but I admire you for doing it. And thank you for being (laughs) on the show kind of thing. Um, Yeah, but I I don't think I've met a guest that I haven't liked because I always, you know, I always do an interview with people beforehand just to make sure Mm -hmm. that they know what they're getting into and knowing what the show is. And like anybody who's done my show, I just say, it's chill. It's a good time. We tell jokes. We talk about crafts. You show off what you're doing. We just want everybody to feel appreciated and loved here. And that they have a platform to talk for like 30 to 40 minutes. So, <laughs> so yeah, but um, I'm trying to think of other people who might've blown me away. Um, uh, oh, when I had Paul on my show, he was great too, oh, because nice. we did, uh, we did magic tricks the whole time. Oh, I gotta and find then, that episode. That sounds fun. That was back in November. Um, oh, and uh, then we just it. shared. It was, it was getting close to um, holiday season because it was right around Thanksgiving and then we just Aww. shared horror stories of working <laughs> retail <laughs> around the so holidays. That and delightful. And we were just laughing and laughing and just uh, because we've all dealt with horrible customers, yeah. especially working retail yeah. and especially around the holidays. Um, and I was sharing stories about how <laughs> I tried to start a trend on TikTok where it's like, tell me you did this without telling me you did this. And mine was, tell me you worked retail during the holidays without telling me that you worked retail during the holidays. And my video got people legit mad for no stupid. <laughs> Dang. <laughs> All I said was, you know you worked retail during the holidays because... You know the lyrics to the song. Uh, Why can't I remember the name of the song now? Is it Christmas Snowflake? No, no, (laughs) no. But that's a terrible one too. Uh, Christmas Wrapping by the Waitresses. And if you don't know what that song is, if you just put it into YouTube and you hear the first 10 seconds, I shouldn't tell Sam this because if I ever, like... (laughs) but you would recognize it because it's like one of those songs that they play in stores around christmas and as somebody who has worked retail during these times of year you just hear it on repeat and people got mad in the comments section like that's a good song you're oh just God. bitter because you don't have the whole i'm like guys it's supposed to be funny <laughs> it's a song get over it like but, we can all have opinions just because yeah. i say i just like a song i'm not mad at you if you like it That's i probably would Christmas. like it <laughs> i probably would have liked it if it wasn't blasting in my ear every third song while <laughs> working a part-time job when i was in college working at a shoe store that is no longer a business, by the way. You guys can probably all figure it out. <laughs> With TikTok, though, uh, the algorithm is 
even the people leaving angry comments, there's still comments and it's still, uh, yeah, they're still bringing attention to your still post. boosting it up. Yeah. Hey, as long as it like keeps it boosted, I really don't care. But yeah. I just, I just think that it's really funny oh when my gosh. people just choose to get mad over the dumbest things. I, yeah. Speaking of TikTok, I, I enjoy your TikToks. They are so fun to watch. You do <laughs> duets, you do like, you know, replies to other TikToks. You do all kinds of really fun stuff. And I think one of your most popular TikToks is when you're the, what, the resident advisor at a school? <laughs> that was not supposed to blow up the way. <laughs> <laughs> you're like, of all the things I did. Right. Oh, here's the funny story about that one. So it's, yes, I play a character as an RA. If nobody knows what RA, it's a resident assistant for colleges. It was kind of like somebody who would like monitor your wave or whatever floor you lived on, whatever. And um, it was, um, here's the inspiration for it. It was, I don't know if you've seen, Athena's probably seen them. You know, those videos where it was like, girls would make these videos where they're like making fun of like different fashions and it's like, how girls got ready in 2005 and it's like whatever <laughs> yeah. odd trend it was back then and they're like I yeah. think those I think those are so funny and it's just like sometimes you're like watch those and you just cringe like I'm reliving my high school yeah. years or some of them I'm just like I, some of the videos I cracked up at because I'm like I actually did dress that way in college and I thought I looked so good and when was that ever a trend some of the <laughs> stuff I didn't do like I never thank goodness I'm thankful to this day I never had the chunky highlight thing I'm oh, very dang. I'm so thankful I never did that <laughs> I would have probably been the chunky highlight person I think I think maybe it was I made, up, I made up for it in college when I was just completely blonde and that like destroyed my hair oh, it was bleached so much like oh it's like I think it's like now I'm back to like my natural color, but uh, it's like that's my goal. I, I'm not, I'm not touching the hair color in my 30s. I've already expected accepted the fact I've got enough grays. <laughs> I, I digress again, but I wanted to do a um, kind of video of relating to that because I went to more of a conservative college and sometimes people were a little stricter with the dress codes and sometimes there would be the RA that's like oh no you need to like put a cardigan on or something or no <laughs> that wasn't <laughs> you can't dress like that and so I was originally gonna do a video like oh getting ready for a day at your conservative college or getting ready and like I'm like originally was gonna do something like that and my thing was like it's such a different topic that a lot of people may not be familiar with. And also those like getting ready videos, like a lot of people were doing those though. Mm -hmm. I was like, no, I'm going to do just a one-off video where it's going to be me as my 19 year old self going to the dance <laughs> and the art is going to be having a beef with me. And this is, <laughs> This is how I, this is how you could tell it was too lonely because I was just like, I'm just going to do a one shot. It was just going to be a one shot video. That's all I was going to do. Um, <laughs> and I, I just came up with Janet the RA, who is my <laughs> most popular. 
was my most popular kid. I swear. She and, and like Ian said to me, he's like, Oh, you need to go on Torrance Janet. I'm like, who is going to <laughs> watch? <laughs> Who's going to watch that show? Like, am I just going to be insulting people in the audience? Like, what like <laughs> people would probably like it. Um, so I just did this one-off video. It took a lot of takes for me to do it because I was just cracking up the entire time. <laughs> and I uh <laughs> I I finally got through it and I, you know, went through, edited it. And that's like my favorite part of doing it is just like going through and finding like the most awkward sound better music yeah. that you can put to it. And I thought like most of them will get like 20 views or something like that. And it mm-hmm. just like blew up overnight. Yeah. And I'm like looking at the comments on it and I was just like wow, this actually not only is it funny, it started a conversation with other people who dealt with this. Yes. So I kind of started a series Mm. and just like with different topics and different stuff. And now I like would throw out polls and stuff like, oh, what should should happen next? So now the Angela College universe is a whole (laughs) thing now. (laughs) Wow. And I'm just, mind, <laughs> I'm just mind blown. Oh yeah, that's why it's a whole universe. And I kind of like yeah. to spit off because like, I really love, I'll, I'll admit it. I love Saved by the Bell. Yeah. And everybody knows that the best series, I mean, I'm such a dork here. I'm going to be a dork here for a minute. And um, <laughs> I rewatched the whole series like during COVID, obviously. It's just one of those feel good shows and um I feel a special bond with the show because it went off the air the year I was born, so everybody can oh, figure out. Oh, insane! Did we say it went off the air the year you were yes. born? Because I remember when the show debuted on television. I remember that. I know, that's why I felt so old. <laughs> All right, this Came week is over. From- Goodbye, Angela. <laughs> How dare you age us? <laughs> it's a classic uh who were your favorite characters before i move on like uh well zach was always the coolest one mm-hmm. uh you know he had a <laughs> cell phone and everything uh but cell phone right but also as a kid i like i was a fan of wrestling and so i did like az slater because he was on the wrestling team so i guess all of them you know in a special way in their own way yeah yeah, yeah. And now, to this day, my favorite is Mr. Belding because he is a huge wrestling fan, and once in a while, he participates in WWE. Yeah. Oh, the actor? Yeah, the guy who plays Mr. Belding. Mm -hmm. Yeah, he... I didn't know that. Yeah, he's there. He's backstage with them sometimes. He hangs out with them. I guess... I guess you have to do something like that if um you know once you retire from being the principal on Saved by the Bell. <laughs> yeah. uh, iconic but, role, iconic, iconic role. everybody will recognize him, man. Oh Who's yeah. Your favorite? Who's like, your favorite character on that show? Oh my gosh. Um so I really like um I always liked uh Jesse. 
uh, because she was kind of like, you know, the high-powered feminist. Uh, but I liked Kelly as well. I, mm. uh, you know, you watched it as a kid and they were like the ideal couple and then you watch it as an adult and I'm just like, oh, Zach is such right. a jerk. Like, yeah. why does she like, keep putting up I mean, with him? Looking back on the series, she should have been with Slater the whole time because she, <laughs> she was she a shooter and he was the jock. <laughs> Did you ever see um, Funny or Die? how they have the uh video series uh it's called zach morris's oh, trash zach morris's trash i've oh, seen a couple of those we should watch those yeah they're really good it's so perfect it's basically they just go through the entire series of saved by the bell yeah. but they just have these four minute videos where they pour out pull out like how zach morris was just the worst person <laughs> <laughs> the entire show that's so crazy it's, like, it's just like and some of the stuff that happened on the show, like there's no way you can get away with it on television mm. today. But back in the ye old eighties, it was a different time. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. Ye old, how dare you? <laughs> but, you mean um, those times before uh, you were born, any of us were born? Oh wait, no, I was born. Yeah, I was, I was born. <laughs> I was born. <laughs> I I I wasn't born till ninety two, so um, I just barely missed it. Um, oh, but I have crazy. the the my natural hair. Um, I should have been born in the eighties because I would have fit in without getting those expensive perms. Um, mm-hmm. But. Uh, it was uh yeah but anyways when i did angela college <laughs> universe i was kind of doing a spinoff of um you know how there was saved by the bell and everybody knows that the classic original season well the first season is actually good morning this bliss mm-hmm, yep. um yeah yeah um, I, i'm such a nerd i know like the whole backstory of it and then they were canned by the disney channel and then they changed it to saved by the bell um, but the original series is still the best and the spinoffs afterwards are just bad. Like everybody knows that Saved by the Bell, the college years is oh. just <laughs> atrocious. Oh, it's man. like they graduate. That's the thing. Like you have this mindset. If it's a show about high school students, you only want to see them as high school students. You don't care what happens when they go off to college. Like it's TV, <laughs> it's reality. It's just like, like they move on or make them flunk their senior year so they keep staying copies of the students. Like, here's the thing that would have happened in real life is, like, Zach Morris outside of Bayside High is going to be nothing when he goes to college because college is filled with a bunch of jerks like he is. So right, it's yeah. like he was the king of Bayside. But, like, then um, I did remember watching the, uh, there was, like, this cheesy... <laughs> this cheesy Saved by the Bell directed TV movie of no. like the Zach and Kelly wedding where they go to oh, Vegas. Yes. And it was so bad. That. And they had to get to Vegas and it was like a road trip. <laughs> yeah, but remember, like the, yes, I saw that. They like get a speeding ticket in the middle of <laughs> Nevada. It's like this dirt road in Nevada, and there just happens to be like a cop there. It's like there's <laughs> like nobody else for hours. <laughs> it just feels like sometimes you wonder with these TV writers, but it's just like <laughs> like we're just gonna like put a cut of like what can we do to make it so this this doesn't happen? And then like <laughs> Zach's parents showed up at the end. We're like, oh, we're gonna give you this like multi-million dollar wedding after all. <laughs> I don't oh think it ended gosh. like that, but I just must remember. Be nice. I know, right? Must, <laughs> must, must be, be nice. nice. Like only only in Saved by the Bell land. But yeah, I, I love I love Saved by the Bell. So that's kind of like where I got the name from it because it's like 
people, I feel like you know people's origin story, but right now it's like people only know me as who I am now. Like, you know, all, all the comedy friends and everything. And it's like, oh, but Angela, the college universe is funny because it's kind of like some stuff that happened to me then ends up in my material now. And it's like kind of part of the origin story. I'm like, I don't know if people really care about it. But, <laughs> but I'm glad people are appreciating it. And one thing I've learned is even so that was like kind of like a funny thing, like it started a great conversation. Yeah. And it's just like, I dealt with that too. And I'm just like, oh my gosh, like this is kind of like something that happens in universities yeah. and colleges nationwide regarding of like what their background is. It's just like so funny how people like monitor dress codes so strictly. And um, so there'll be more like series entries coming yeah. i'm sure it's just the videos take a while to make it everything so plus i yeah. mean you put out a variety too it's not always like her as like um dealing with dress codes you also have her just being ridiculous like one of my favorite <laughs> ones was uh i think like she comes into your room and she's like angela what are you doing awake oh, and yeah. you're like i'm <laughs> studying <laughs> <laughs> that one is like my favorite so far of the whole series right now that was based off a story i reconnected with an old friend who well not really an old friend it was somebody okay this is weird do you ever know those people like you're aware of a person right and they say you need to meet this person because you get along great yeah. and you're just like whatever so I'm supposed to meet a lot of people and you just never know when I, you, you meet people. <laughs> so I kept hearing about this individual and we both went to the same college, but different years. The, like, he went to the college a few years before me and came across Crafting Comedy Cart, which was funny, and messaged me. And it was in my, you know how your folder has like the, uh, like the it filters it. Like, yeah. yes. Sat around in my request folder for a while and I found it and like kind of introduced okay. himself and it was like found out we had met each other at one point, but apparently I don't remember because like didn't leave that much of an impression on me. Um and <laughs> <laughs> cold blooded. <laughs> I mean like, a lot we of had people. this long talk. It was beautiful. <laughs> I meet a lot of people and people will be like, remember. I saw you we had one class in college together and then we saw you again at so-and-so's wedding back in 2016 I'm like <laughs> <laughs> life so much has happened in my life since then that I I don't remember weddings that I, I even gotten to like I'm sure I was okay. there I'm sure it was a great time but it's what like, if you were there meet you and they were like thinking about you every day saying you're like I, I barely know I don't who you are you. I don't remember you sorry. that would be so sad it's like you know doctor it would be like doctor who like traveling through all the different universes and uh <laughs> and then you just get to that ultimate universe we're supposed to be with that person and then they're just like what I I mean I might have met you once but I haven't <laughs> right. given you a second thought since I walked past you on the elevator that one day <laughs> but anyways I started chatting with this individual and I was like what we like 
different years, but had a very similar experience. So he gave me the idea for that video. Like a lot of the videos, like it may not have been my experience directly, but it could have been like a friend of mine or I heard a story. And so uh, it's usually when you put like the not my story sent to me, uh, if you act something out and I was like, told me that story and I was like I have got to make this a video like it's just because <laughs> it like, goes... you did it so well as the RA you're just like you're you're you just come in and you're like what are you doing <laughs> <laughs> that used to happen like people like you would just have your door <laughs> open like whether you're just like sitting there studying or playing music it's a Sunday afternoon you're having a good time also those <laughs> dormitories would be like a thousand degrees so like people would have their doors open and sometimes Ari's would like look in there like they're just they're making sure there's not a guy in there <laughs> like, that makes sense like not, and they're just through doors <laughs> that makes a lot of sense why they do it but it's just funny to me looking back on it it's so funny i think it's funny to get into a role like that when you're like that's not your type of temperament that's not the type of person that you are and it's just funny to like that people don't realize that these are like one-man shows that i do here Mm because i like play and provide all the characters but once i get once i get to a thousand followers though um i'll be introducing some new people so uh yeah i'm glad you appreciate those because at first i thought it was just gonna be some like one-off thing i'm like i'm just gonna make one one of these and uh see how it goes and it's always the projects even with like crocheting and knitting it's the stuff that i don't think is gonna do well that does well and i'm just how weird is that the algorithm is like ridiculously hard to understand for me i i just put it up and i'm like oh well there you go off on your own yeah. hopefully no like, one stabs you on your way there <laughs> so just- like i seriously thought around christmas like i love my little gnomes that i make and i thought those were going to be super popular and turns out like they were but it was like some of my other stuff that i still liked i made it that ended up like being way more popular like my crocheted snowflakes like sold out in an hour like i didn't think anybody would buy those i'm like they're just snowflakes but i needed something small to sell and have something on my craft tables to look pretty and it's just like sold out and i was like oh i thought like that was not going to be a popular thing because most people look at it like i could buy a snowflake anywhere but i guess not the angela ones because Oh, that's right. Yes. I love those snowflakes. I can't wait for Christmas this year so I can put them up on our tree and just be like, this is mine. This is my snowflakes. They're so pretty. We just hang them up all the time. (laughs) Oh, yeah. I feel like I can do that. Yeah, Yeah, do it. We'll do it right now. I'm just kidding. (laughs) I've heard people who like keep their Christmas trees up like all year round. I want to. to. You just have to dust it off or vacuum it. Like obviously, don't do it with a live one. A live one will die and rot in your living room. But just like if you have an artificial, get an artificial one. You just have to like dust it off every so often. Yeah. uh, Yeah. Our cat would love that. Oh yeah, your cat would destroy it. No, no, no. She loves. No, the tree. she loves the tree. She lays under it all day. 
and then gives us the worst guilt trip when we start taking yeah. it down. Oh my gosh. And she's like, my tree. My Heartbreaking. Tree. Heartbreaking. Yeah, no, she loves it. It's a member of the family to her. Oh, so Angela, do you have enough, uh, like, I think with TikTok, you have to have a certain amount of followers to be able to go live. I think it's 10,000. Yeah, it's a, th- it's, yeah, it's like, a, I think it's a thousand. Oh, it's 1,000. Okay. That's then, why that's your goal. Are you going to do, uh, when you're able to do that, are you going to like kind of uh, simultaneously or transfer uh, crafts and laughs onto there? I haven't oh, decided nice that yet that. because it oh, depends okay. on what's the bigger platform, but yeah. hopefully, or I yeah. might do like, depending on what it might be, I might try to get into doing tutorials. Like, you know, yeah. how sometimes people go live and they're like making a tutorial. So like one of my favorite channels is um, Dylan Holis. He's the guy who makes, um, uh, he makes all the vintage recipes oh my God, that are like really him. disgusting. But yes. I love when he has like the live videos where he's just like baking a vintage cake like, and talking about the recipe. Yeah. <laughs> I always laugh when he has the milk and he's like yeah. two cups of blue juice. <laughs> <laughs> right. I'll admit it. I had I had the biggest crush on that guy. I still think he's really attractive, but he's a lot younger than me. And <laughs> and he's also gay. I was like, that's the last one. That's the last obstacle. I heard that guy was born the same year that Saved by the Bell, the Collegers was canceled. Oh my god. <laughs> Stop bringing it up. Hey, um, oh, go ahead. No, no, no. I was I was just gonna say that was canceled the year like when I was one. So he's younger than he's younger. Oh, it did horrible. It all they almost did it like it was so bad with the ratings that like they filmed it and they almost didn't air the rest of the season. Like that, like I think it was NBC almost pulled it off the oh, air. Wow. Like it did so bad. And I I watched it all because like during lockdown, you I know, you had no life. But <laughs> I, I didn't it. you loved the Saved by the Bell the college years? Yeah, just because. I like the characters going into it so much already. I was already invested into the characters, I think. I don't know. I like. Oh, both. that big. I think it was like kind of the appeal. Like if you watched it while it was still on TV. And yeah, and I was, was also like, like 11. Appeal. I was also like 11. <laughs> so. <laughs> Yeah, but also at the same time, like when you think about 11 year olds, they're really not going to care about like their favorite characters going off to college. That's just like weird to them, I guess. So, yeah. anyways, you had another. So, yeah. So, wrapping up, um, I just want to like ask you uh, there's, there's a million different ways in this world that you can craft. Right. So, why, uh, why did you go with crocheting and what is your inspiration for the crafting? I, um, I mean, I like to do a lot of crafts, but the thing is, it's probably the one working with yarn is probably the crafting I remember from the youngest age. Like I started learning how to knit when I was eight, um, Mm -hmm. but I really started taking it on more like the crocheting when I was a teenager. It was all Mm -hmm. self-taught. And I just really like working with yarn. I like the texture. I like what you can create with it. I really love making plushies and stuffed animals and designing my own dolls and I did sewing originally I actually sewed for a long time 
Um, that's another thing. I have a sewing machine. I have a whole nice kit and everything. My only problem with it was it was messy. It took a lot of time. Like projects took forever to get done. And one thing I liked about knitting and crocheting is it's portable. You can pack it up mm-hmm. in a bag. You can take it to you with you when you travel. You can take it to the airport. You can take it when you're at comedy shows and you're waiting to go on stage, which I used to do, by the way. Um, (laughs) But then I stopped because, you know, you have to go to bars and those are gross. And I get hit on enough as it is. And I don't need some gross guy like, ooh, what is that? (laughs) I stopped when when some dumb guy came up to me once and he's like, ugh, you're knitting? That's for grandmas. And it's like, (laughs) no way. (laughs) By the way, it's crocheting, first of all. <laughs> and no, I am not impressed. And that's rude. <laughs> so, yeah, I really like, that's just like the texture and the medium I like to work with. And it's one of the, like, I've done a lot of crafts throughout my day. Um, <laughs> oh my gosh, the felting. That was not the first time that I felt it. I had a, I realized like I had a traumatic experience learning how to felt when I was like six, when I took a crafting class at the local library and whoever the instructor was thought it was okay to give those giant long needles to a bunch of six-year-old kids. Oh my gosh, no! I, I don't know if I still have it. It's probably somewhere in my parents' house, but I made a tiny little gnome. And that's probably why I love gnomes to this day is because oh, I worked wow. very hard to like felt this tiny little ball of wool. Yeah. And um, I don't know why anybody thought that was good. Like I was scared as a three-year-old uh-huh. and I even had like special yes. gloves <laughs> that I put on and I still managed to stab myself a thousand <laughs> times through them. And I was supposed to make this cute, like, little, I think it was like a rabbit wearing a hat and had a purse. I don't even know what it was supposed to be, but it was cute. And it looked like a runover roadkill possum. <laughs> I actually have it in my room, but you guys can't see it right now. But it's like, uh, it's so bad. It's a video I made. Yeah, and I love it. <laughs> I had a friend visiting me, and um, at the time when I was making it, I'm just sitting at the desk cracking up while I'm making it. And she's just like, What's so funny? And I'm like, This, it's so bad. She's like, It doesn't look bad. And I'm like, Yes, it does. This is the picture, what it's supposed to look like. <laughs> and it was this tiny little kit that came with three giant needles, a ball of wool. And the instructions had like three sentences in them right. like, Unpack the wool, take out the needles, and continuously stab it till it looks like the picture. I'm like, Yes, exactly. That should be another thing. Like, we try to attempt felting and see if we can get it to make like look like anything. I had two other kits because that's the thing that I need to be careful about is I love crafting. And when I find something that I really want to try, instead of just buying like one thing to try to see if I'm even good at it, I go overzealous and I'm like, oh, I'm going to be good at this. And I bought, yeah, (laughs) I bought three felting kits thinking that it was going to be this simple, easy thing to do. And I'm like, 
I am not good at this. So I remember I just like posted it. I was like, I've got two other felting kits. Who wants them just to pay for shipping? <laughs> I'm like, we'll this is really cute. Homes. It's just not a craft that I enjoy. But I have the roadkill rabbit wearing a kind of look at hat with a purse. Um, <laughs> that uh, that I ended up with. Maybe that should be another show I do of crafting fails where I just have people coming on and showing me their worst crafts they've ever done because I think that's one thing that I want to drive home to is that there's a lot of imperfections you go through before you get a craft right. There's a lot of imperfections you go through. It's just like going on stage and practicing jokes and bombing over and over again. I want to see the really bad, nasty crafts. I think if I put that out there, like I should just have like a <laughs> freestyle night where I have different people pop on and they're just on for like two minutes and they just talk about. Oh, that's um, a really good idea. Yeah, yeah. Nasty crafts. Lousy and... crafts. Mm. Crafts and laughs. Fail edition. <laughs> yeah. Just show me yeah. the worst, one of the worst things that you've made. And it's just like, it, I bet it would be funny. We, we need to laugh at ourselves. I really do think we I need to do it. that. And it's just okay. And like, even with me, the reason why I laugh with myself if something goes bad is just because I get so overzealous and I think it's going to be a great thing. And most of the time it is. Yeah, yeah. And that guy gets there. Right? I was like, shut up. That was loud. And it lasted for a very, very long time. Like, usually it'll be quick, but that was, I don't know if he was like, just sitting outside of her house, just revving it up or what. That was a very loud muffler. Like oh, I could loud. hear that through my headphones. Oh, he's coming back. Uh, what's your uh, What's your social media, Angela? And find me at Crafting Comedy Cart. You know how to find me. TikTok, Instagram. <laughs> That's the best way to find me. Hell yeah! Go support TikTok. Crafts, mm-hmm. crafts, yeah, sorry. yeah, go go go. Give Janet the RA some love. Yes. Because <laughs> maybe if people yes. loved her more, she wouldn't be so so mean. <laughs> <laughs> awesome well thank you very much angela it was super yeah. fun talking to you yeah, about thanks. the crafting and about the tour and all just all the fun things in life <laughs> yes thanks guys